Hey, what's going on, guys? Today's show is brought to you by our dear, dear, dear friends at Lorenzotti, Italy. You guys know them well by now. And if you haven't tried their premium Italian coffee, I don't know what you're waiting for. Who doesn't want premium coffee delivered right to their door so that they can pretend in these days of the COVID lockdown that they're sitting in the rolling hills of Tuscany enjoying a delicious cup of coffee, maybe even brewed in some professional brewing, uh, coffee brewing equipment supplied by Lorenzotti Coffee. So if that sounds good to you, do yourself a favor, go to lorenzotti.coffee and use my promo code FICTION so they know that I sent you and you can get 10% off your order. That is lorenzotti.coffee, L-O-R, E as in Edward, N as in Nancy, Z as in Zebra, O-T-T-I, dot coffee, promo code FICTION for 10% off. Get your days started right with a cup of coffee that tastes like freedom. Go to lorenzotti.coffee. Coffee, promo code fiction. All right, let's start the show. Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceilings does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Peddling Fiction. I, of course, am your host, the one and only voice and soul of so-called fiction, broadcasting once again deep behind enemy lines. And it is Thursday. It is Thursday the 28th, and I felt the need to turn on the microphone. I know I just dropped an episode about two days ago. But I don't think I'm going to be able to uh, do one tomorrow. So um, I I thought I would address this whole insanity that's been going on in the markets. See if I can sort of break this down for everybody. Barney style for all of those out there who don't speak uh, the financial language, you know, who know habla. And we can have a little fun with it. Try to explain what's going on and, and what I think is going to happen here. For those of you not familiar with what's been going on, well, I guess let me do a, a couple quick announcements. Actually, I think it's just really one one announcement is that don't forget that tomorrow is the first happy hour that we're going to do at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. I am relocating for the weekend. I'm going to go da- back down to uh, Sayulita for my final weekend at the compound. They're renting this house out. My friend, A friend of mine is renting this house out to a couple for a year. So this is our last hurrah this weekend down there. I'm in PV right now for anybody that cares. So I will be doing that from there, which I think will be a lot of fun because by six, I'm I'm off tomorrow. So by six o'clock on a, on a Friday in Sayulita, I'm gonna be feeling pretty good and, and ready to rock and roll with you guys. So I think this is gonna be a, a lot of fun tomorrow. And like I said, we're gonna do it on Facebook Messenger. I'm gonna try to figure all that shit out today so that I don't screw this up. But Anybody that has supported this show monetarily in the past will be grandfathered in to these happy hours. And anybody that supported the the Kiara Fund that we had going a few months ago for my friend's daughter, they will also be involved in the first uh, month or so of these happy hours. Anybody that wants to get in on this, anybody that wants to participate in these Friday happy hours, we're going to do two back-to-back starting uh, tomorrow, and then the following Friday we're going to do one, and then after that it's going to be every other Friday at 6 p.m. We'll we'll, uh, sit down, throw back a few cocktails or whatever, and and shoot the breeze, talk about whatever you guys want to talk about, and just sort of have fun with it. If anybody wants to get involved in that, 
All you have to do is go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the support the show tab, and set up a monthly donation of any denomination. I've tried to make it as simple as possible. You can set up, I think, as little as a dollar. So a dollar a month gets you into the Friday happy hour, uh, peddling fiction happy hour. I don't know what we're going to call it. Maybe that can be a topic of discussion tomorrow, figure out what we're going to call these things, come up with a cool name for it. But that that's all you got to do. And uh, hopefully we can grow this thing and, and have a lot of people there and have fun with it. You guys can get to know each other. I can um, you know book some FaceTime with you guys, which I think will be a lot of fun. So that's the uh, the newest development with the podcast here. So let's let's just dive right into this because the last couple of days there's just been some crazy mar- stock market activity, and the impetus for this was apparently a group on Reddit. Uh, they're calling them the the Reddit Raiders, I think. Now this this group of uh, uh, people started a thread on Reddit, and they noticed that. Some of these companies, there's uh, GameStop was the big one, AMC movie theaters was another one, that all of these hedge funds had been shorting these stocks. And I'm going to get into what a short is and a short squeeze and all of this stuff. But so they were they were shorting these stocks, which meant that they were selling them short in anticipation of the stock price going down. And this apparently made these Reddit guys angry. They, they think that they were over-positioned for the, in, in these shorts. And they think that all of these hedge funds, you know, these big swinging dicks on Wall Street are trying to throw their money around and put pressure on all of these stock prices and drive them down and, and make a bunch of money at the expense of everybody else. And so what they decided to do was coordinate an effort to create what's called a short squeeze, which is where everybody just starts buying this stock, no matter what the price is, you just keep buying it and buying it and buying it. And so instead of the price going down, which is what the shorts want, the price goes up. And those shorts, as that price goes up, anybody that's short at a certain point, they're going to cry uncle, and they're going to have to cover those shorts. And I'm going to get into all of this. Um, we're going to dive into the, all this technical stuff in a minute. I'm just going to give you the broad strokes of what's happening. So all of these shorts are going to have to cry uncle, and they're going to have to buy back the stocks that they sold short. And that, in turn, pushes the price even higher, and it just sort of feeds on itself. And we saw the, the price of GameStop. This was, I'm going to pull up a chart here. The price of GameStop just a couple of days ago, uh, maybe it was a week now. Has it been a week? Let's see. Looks like on the 13th or so, on January 13th was the first sort of uh, big move we saw. And that move took uh, about a week to develop. And then on the 26th, it really um, kicked into high gear. So it, it went all the way from, it was trading around, yeah, I mean, this was like not even a... stock um, two weeks ago. All right. And on the 25th, it got up to about $60 or so. And as of yesterday, the last two days have been absolutely crazy. It almost got to $500 a a share. At one point, it looks like it got to about $400. some odd dot 480 something like that a share in, in a matter of days so it went from you know under a hundred dollars to to f- almost five hundred dollars a share and the same sort of thing happened with uh amc and uh blackberry i think they were going after so what does all this mean right what is a short what is a long what is a short squeeze let's let's sort of dive into um dive into this, and then I'll give you my perspective on what's been going on. When you buy a stock, if you're normally buying a stock, you guys have all heard the term, you know, buy low, sell high, right? And if you're buying a stock, that means you're going long the stock. You think that the price of that company or that stock is going to increase in value over time. So you're going to buy it low for maybe $10 a share. And hopefully if your prediction comes true, it'll go up to $20 a share and you'll sell it then. That is a long position. 
Now, a short position is the exact opposite of that, but the mechanics of it work a little different, okay? So when you're buying a stock and you're going long, you have a certain amount of money in your brokerage account, right? Let's say maybe you have $1,000 to invest and you want to put $500 into a company. So you take $500, you give it to the broker, they buy the stock for you. All right, you now have uh, $500 in your brokerage account and $500 worth of that stock, okay? And you are along that position. Now, if you were going to short a stock, not only are you um, selling it first before you buy it, but you're actually going to go out into the market and borrow those shares. So what happens is, let's say you still have the same uh, $1,000 in your account and you think that, GameStop is a, a shitty company that's overvalued and its uh, its best days are behind them. And so you think the stock price is going to go down from where it's at in the future. Okay, so how do you make money off of that analysis? Well, you're, you go to your broker and you say, I want to sell short one share of GameStop. Okay, and what your broker is going to do is he's got all sorts of clients, right? You know, he's got thousands of clients or, you know, these huge brokerage exchanges. They, they have a, a ton of people that own shares of GameStop. And so all they're going to do is they're going to take a share from Joe Sixpack over there who owns GameStop, and they're going to give it to you at the current market price. Okay, so you're, uh, well, they're just going to give it to you. <laughs> um, so you now have one share of GameStop and you are going to sell that into the market at the current market price. So let's say um, it was trading at $20 a share or something like that. And so you, you borrowed one share and you sold it for $20. Now what you want to have happen as a short seller is you want the price to go down under $20. You want it to go to $10 or $5. And when it does, when the price goes down to $10, let's just do that to make the math easier for me. Um, you would buy back the stock at $10 a share. Okay. So now you have the, the share of the stock that you owe to the guy that the broker borrowed it from, but you only had to pay $10 for it. And remember, you sold it for $20. Okay, so um, if you started with $1,000 in your account and you sold this thing for 20 and so you went to $1,000 and, and 20, uh, $1,020 in your account, and then you bought it back for 10 all right, so you had to spend $10 to get it back. Once you buy that security back, then you, you make the guy that you borrowed it from whole. So you get you send that security back to your broker, your broker puts it back into Joe Sixpack's account, and now you're looking at your account balance and you have $1,010. You just made $10 on a short sale. That is, in theory, how a short sale should work. Hopefully um, that makes sense to everybody. It's it's pretty simple. It's, it's literally, they're just doing the exact opposite of what buyers in the market do. Instead of buying low and selling high, they want to sell high and buy low. Okay. And then you get to pocket the difference. So whatever you um, end up having to spend to retrieve that stock that you borrowed, hopefully that you, um, you make some money on it and you get to keep the difference. Now, the problem with short selling that you don't have when you're a long buyer is the potential for loss is basically infinite, okay? So if you're buying a stock and you're going long on a stock, the, the worst thing that could happen to you is you lose 100% of your investment. The stock goes to zero, right? If it was at $20 when you bought it um, and you bought one share, the most you could lose is $20, right? The stock goes to zero and it's worth nothing. Now, if you are a short seller... Um, and you sell it for 20 and instead of the price going down, so the most you could actually make is basically the thing going to like a penny and you could um, you could buy it back for a penny and then 
um, you could make that 1999 on the on the one share, right? But if the stock goes the other way, if the stock if you're wrong in your analysis, and instead of the market going down, the market goes up, well, there's no limit to how much money you could lose. I mean, the the sky is the limit. The stock could go to a thousand, it could go to ten thousand, it could go to fifty thousand dollars a share. Who knows? And you are obligated to buy back at, at at some point, you're gonna have to buy back that share of the stock and return it to the guy that you borrowed it from. So you could, you know, be think you're placing a twenty dollar bet, but you could end up losing like five grand if the stock skyrockets, like um, what happened with GameStop and AMC and stuff like that. If you get a bunch of buyers coming into the market and squeezing out all of those shorts. Now, that's what a short squeeze is. It's when buyers come into the market and they put upward pressure on the stock and they just keep buying it no matter what. And the the shorts at a certain point, you know, it, it gets the pain gets too much and they have to what's called it's called covering your short position when you when you buy back the, the stock that you sold. So at a certain point, they're going to have to cover that position. Hey, guys, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show. And you know them well as Zipix Toothpicks. Guys, this is the perfect alternative for all you smokers out there. They are nicotine-infused flavored toothpicks that you can enjoy and get your nicotine fix from anywhere in the in the country, wherever you are. doesn't matter if you're inside, outside, in a non-smoking area, in a smoking area, with a hot date, doesn't matter. You could pop this toothpick in, chew on it a little bit, get that oral fixation that, that some of us need, and also get your nicotine fix at the same time. And nobody's none the wiser. They come in six great different flavors. They got a variety uh, for you to choose from, or you can get the ultimate flavor pack sent directly to you. They're cheaper than any of the over-the-counter nicotine alternatives, the gum, the patch, the... Uh, chewing tobacco, what, whatever it is, these are going to be cheaper and cleaner than a lot of those other ones and just more convenient. I mean, how, how much easier can it get to just pop a toothpick in your mouth for a couple of minutes to get, to get your cravings satisfied? I can't think of a, a better way of doing that. So go to ZipixToothpicks.com. That's Z as in zebra, I-P-P-I-X.com. Use my promo code FICTION for 10% off your order, and you can start curbing those nicotine cravings without smoking, without chomping on some gum, without having a big wad of chewing tobacco in your cheek. All you got to do is go to ZipixToothpicks.com, use my promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you can pop a toothpick in your mouth whenever you need it to satisfy those cravings. So make sure you go and do that right now. All right, let's get back into the show. And the broker is going to make sure that along that way, you are able to pay back the the loan that they gave you. You're basically, you think of it as like borrowing the stock or you're renting the stock from somebody else. And you actually have to pay um, interest or rent on that stock to the to the broker and any um, dividend or anything like that that the stock would earn, you have to return that to the guy that you borrowed the st- the shares of the stock from. But the broker is going to make you put, um, I believe it's you have to have fifty percent of whatever the short position is in uh, in your margin account. Okay, and so if you're you know if the stock is uh, if it's a $20 stock and you're doing one share you have to have at least $10 in your account now as that price rises and and if you don't um, cover that short position you want to stay in the trade because you think oh you know if i just wait another day or two it's going to go down and then i can make my money back well as that stock gets higher and higher the broker is going to come to you and they're going to demand that you you put down more collateral, that you fund your account. It's it's called like a margin call. Okay, so they're gonna make you put more money on the table to prove that you can basically pay off this this loan that they gave you. So what's been taking place over the last couple of days with these hedge funds, who shorted a, a couple of these, who had very strong short positions on these companies, 
is these Reddit buyers, the Reddit raiders got, got together and they just started, everybody just started buying this stuff, mostly on these, um, you know, millennial platforms, the Robin Hoods, um, but also, you know, TD Ameritrade, Interactive Brokers, but Robin Hood was the big one. And they pushed the, the price of this stock up in a coordinated buying effort to squeeze out all of these big hedge funds that were short these stocks. As you can imagine, this did not make Wall Street very happy because they're they're getting pushed around by a lot of these, you know, amateur retail investors. From a, um, I, I mean, I I kind of understand where these these Reddit guys are coming from because you do have a significant advantage in the stock market. The more money and and the more money you control. The game is definitely rigged in favor of the big banks and these hedge funds. They get, you know, um, they get all sorts of special treatment in these markets that we don't really need to go into today. And the market is, in a sense, in my mind, completely rigged by the Federal Reserve. But I do think that the the hatred that's directed toward short sellers by these Reddit raiders is a little misguided, okay? Now, they're thinking that these hedge funds are trying to manipulate the markets in their favor and sort of by taking huge short positions and then they can go on like uh, CNBC and they can talk their book and tell you how bad these companies are and sort of make it uh, become a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? They're, they're sort of... Um, manipulating the markets in their favor and they can do that because they're you know big hedge funds people listen to what they have to say and they're they're market movers and and everything like that and that's you know to an extent that's absolutely true however the exact same thing happens on the buying side and they're actually kind of being a little hypocritical here because we've seen a lot of market manipulation and pumping and dumping going in favor of the long positions uh, on GameStop, especially, uh, we had, uh, you know, Elon Musk came out and he tweeted Game Stonks, <laughs> and um, that fucking sent the, the just him tweeting about it. Not even he didn't like take a position either way. Like some of these other guys, some of these other big money managers came out and let them know after, of course, they've they'd taken big positions that. Hey, I'm I'm getting long GameStop, but Elon Musk didn't even tweet, uh, didn't even take a position, but he still tweeted about it. And just the fact that he's got, I don't know, like a fucking hundred million followers or whatever the fuck it is, dude. He, um, that just sent the stock sto- soaring. Um, I, I forget this other guy's name. I, I'd probably butcher it if I tried to pronounce it. But what he was doing, um, and what all a lot of these, a lot of the big money guys that these Reddit raiders claim to be fighting against, right? These guys came out and they bought what are called options, call options. Um, and I believe there's there's two different types, and I don't want to get too into the weeds with options. I probably threw enough at you guys with just short positions um, to uh, to scramble your brains, but options. There are two different types. There's American options and there's European options. And they have a they have an expiration date, right? Call it a month. So during that month, for American options, you can exercise the option at any point in time during that month. And for a European option, you have to exercise it at the expiration date of that month period. But basically what an option call, a call option is is you're you're paying upfront a small amount of money for the option to buy a stock at a given price. So just to make this example easy, if the um, like let's say GameStop was trading at at fifty dollars uh, a share, the the call option would be like you pay. for the option, right? So you give them $10. And then for the next month, no matter where the stock price goes, you can exercise that option and buy the stock for $50. And then, you know, if it goes up to fucking 400, you can exercise um, that, that call option, buy the stock at 50 and then sell it immediately into the market at 400. And that's what this guy fucking did. Um, I don't know where the option prices were when he did it, but he, he basically got long 
all of these call options and and then told the world, you know, he's got like 100,000 Twitter followers or something. And he's like, hey, I'm long GameStop. And then the price shoots up and then he gets out, right? He exercises those call options. He buys the stock for, you know, far cheaper than it was actually trading at and then sold into that huge rally. And then he comes out afterwards and says, hey, I just... um I uh, I exercised the, the the call options. I'm out of the trade, and um, of course he did that after the fact. It wasn't like he told the world that hey, I'm going to get out of this trade now, and and waited for the the world to react and start selling off. No, no, he sold into that rally, and then after he got out and made a bunch of money, he told everybody that um, that he was out of the position, and. I mean, to me, that's that's just that's worse than anybody just taking a short position. Like none of to in in this scenario, I didn't see anything really nefarious going on with the short positions that were being taken. Uh, GameStop is a fucking failing company. Like they they should go out of business pretty soon. Who knows what they're actually worth? But I mean, what's Blockbuster worth, right? That that's exactly what this is. What's a movie theater worth these days? Um, so the reason they were there were so many hedge funds short these positions and there was so much money uh, betting on them going down was because they're not idiots. And they looked at these companies and said, these companies are going to fail. I should short them. So I don't know. They're, they're a little hypocritical there. I mean, I don't think that these shorts were as sinister as these um, Reddit raiders think that they were. I mean, these are companies that it, the trade was just so obvious that these companies should be going out of business that, of course, all of these guys piled into it. And and this is, you know, I've talked about this before on the show. When you have just a handful of stocks that everybody's in, these moves get amplified, right? And if you think about like GameStop, right? GameStop is basically the blockbuster of video games, okay? This is an antiquated system. Nobody is buying physical video games anymore, like the seat, the discs that look like CDs. Nobody's going to the store and buying those. That's a, a thing of the past. What happens now is you just download the game digitally from their online stores. You know, you go on your PlayStation or your Xbox or whatever, and it's just it's almost like um, Netflix for um, for video games. And they even have like things that you get like a monthly subscription. You know, you pay like, I don't know, seven, eight bucks a month or something like that. And you get access to all of these games, unlimited time or whatever you could just play it at, at, you know play any game that you want as long as you're doing the monthly subscription thing but all of these games are just digitally um, downloaded now so nobody's really buying physical games anymore and so i mean to me it makes sense to be short in gamestop and if you think about movie theaters i mean obviously nobody's been going to fucking movies these these theaters they're huge the commercial real estate market is tanking because of the the covid lockdowns and nobody's going to be going to a movie for the foreseeable future in some movie theater again the, a, another i mean it it's sort of a little different in terms of how antiquated it is because yeah you know you can download the or you can go on like uh Netflix or Amazon Prime or something and watch the movie at home and that's very convenient and everything but going to the movies was kind of an experience you know you can take a date there or something and it, it gets you out of the house it's something to do so it's a little different in, in that sense but the their business model is pretty fucked in 2021 so obviously there's going to be a lot of people shorting these stocks so i don't know if it was as much market manipulation as it was just these are obvious trades that everybody hopped on board it's like oh yeah obviously we should short the movie theaters because nobody's going to fucking movies and they haven't been for the last year so anyway as far as short selling goes hopefully that um you guys are all with me so far. I, I didn't hope I didn't confuse anybody or go too fast. But as far as short selling goes in the market, it does actually perform a function. 
in the market that is beneficial. So not all short selling is evil. I mean, it's like I said, if short selling is evil, what what's buying? I mean, it's just the it's the same exact mechanism. It's just in reverse. So I mean, to me, it's not inherently evil to sell short. You're just making a different bet on the market. So as long as you're not manipulating the markets and you're not doing anything nefarious, I don't see anything wrong with short selling. And if you do it right as a short seller, right, if you are really good at selling high and buying low, what you, the effect that you actually have on the markets is you reduce the volatility of a given stock. So if it was going to you know, shoot up to like $50 a share, but you have a bunch of short sellers coming in around like $40 a share, well, then that selling pressure is going to reduce the peak of that move. And as that move goes back down and the, the short sellers cover their positions because they've made a lot of money on the, the stock going down, instead of it going down, say, $50 a share, it would only go down $40 a share. And then they, the, buy, the short sellers come in and they start buying the stock. And so instead of getting you know these huge moves up and down and up and down in a stock, they're, they're uh, sort of leveled off a little more. All right, so you don't get as much market volatility, they call it. The, the price is not swinging up and down as um, far in each direction as it normally would. And that's good for everybody. I mean, everybody wants the, the, the market to be less volatile, even if you're along the stock. I mean, it's much easier, uh, especially on your psychology, uh, your mental health and your, um, I don't know, your blood pressure. If the stock isn't having these violent swings, you know, up and down, like Bitcoin can be up 40% one day, down 30% another. Uh, it, it's much easier if it's just sort of a steady ebb and flow and it gently increases over the long term. That's much easier to stomach from a, a buyer's perspective. So when you have reduced volatility, I think that does work in just about everybody's favor. Now, if the short sellers are not very good at short selling and they basically start um, selling low and buying high, so, um, and they're actually um, increasing market volatility because they start selling at the low point, which pushes the stock farther than it would have gone. And then they start buying back. They have to cover their short positions. They start buying back at the high points. They push the stock higher than it would have been. And so you're getting more market volatility. However, the, the punishment for doing that as a short seller is you're going to lose a shit ton of money. So there is a market mechanism in place to punish people for being bad short sellers and increasing market volatility. Does that make sense to everybody? Let's take a quick second and thank another sponsor for today's show, which is going to come at a perfect opportune time for all of you gentlemen out there trying to impress that special lady in your life. And this is, of course, the Lucky Guy Bakery bringing you homemade, handcrafted, delicious brownies using only the freshest, all-natural ingredients. They're not too sweet. They're not too salty. They're just super chocolatey and super delicious. They've got all kinds of brownies for everybody out there. I like the original, but if you're a peanut butter guy, they've got the peanut butter bonanza. If you like oatmeal, they got that. They've got that for you. If you're vegan, they've got you covered. If you're gluten-free, they've got you covered. So go to the luckyguybakery.com. Use my promo code PF20. That's P as in peddling, F as in fiction, 20 for 20% off your order. Send yourself some brownies, send them to somebody that you care about, and get some for that significant other in your life that's coming up. Guys, don't forget, you don't want to be in the doghouse to start out the new year. And forget all the traditional girly crap that none of us can actually use. Forget the flowers. What everyone really wants deep down inside for Valentine's Day is not flowers. They want chocolate. Chocolate makes everyone happy. They have done studies on this. The reaction that people get, particularly women, when they're indulging in some dark chocolate, it's going to be a lot better for them than looking at some flowers. I mean, I suppose you can get them flowers too. But when it comes to flowers, I'm reminded of some wise old words from my favorite uncle. Why would I try to tell you I love you by giving you something that's dying? 
That's what flowers are. No, no. Go with the chocolate. Give her some sustenance. Give her the chocolate orgasm for Valentine's Day by going to the Lucky Guy Bakery and using the promo code PF20 for 20% off your order. It's the best of both worlds. You satisfy your girl. You satisfy your sweet tooth. You support the show. And the Lucky Guy Bakery is a fan of the show as well. So everybody wins here. You won't be sorry. Check out the LuckyGuyBakery.com promo code PF20. The other thing to consider is that, you know, if you if you look at it like a ledger or something, like we have two sides of a ledger, and on the one side of the ledger is everybody who's bullish on a stock market, right? On a given stock, right? And this is like the you know the company that the the stocks um, that's issuing the stock. They have an incentive to be extra bullish on this stock and and tell everybody to buy it, right? You have the the financial services industry. They always want people to be buying stocks. The financial press, you know, CNBC, uh, Fox Fox Business or whatever. They make money off of advertising, right? They sell advertising to those financial services. And they're able to sell more ad space at higher prices to financial services if the market's going up and more people are excited about the stock market and getting involved in the stock market. They tend to watch CNBC more often, and then they can sell more ads. You have the the bankers all, all want the, the stocks to go up, right? The rating agencies that the bankers pay want the stocks to go up. The government wants a high stock market. I mean, we just got done listening to fucking Donald Trump tout the how high the stock market went like every day of the week and twice on Sunday. Of course, the Federal Reserve has is doing everything in its power to make sure that the stock uh, that the stock market goes up and that anytime there's a dip in the market, they step in and they buy. Right. That, that's where the whole buy the fucking dip phrase came from. So you have all these people that are working in unison on the buy side of the ledger to sort of pump up stocks, maybe um, perhaps more than the the price of the stocks are actually worth. And I would argue that at Dow 30,000, the stock market is ridiculously overvalued right now. So you have that side of the ledger. On the other side of the ledger, the, the people that are in a position to be bearish on a stock or scrutinize a stock and maybe um, tell the truth about uh, what the value really is or where the value should be, all you have are the short sellers. There's nobody else combating all of these other actors on the, on the bull side of the ledger. So I think they serve an important role here. In, in the market. And I hope that makes sense to everybody. And to the extent that you have short sellers manipulating markets and, and trying to um, do something nefarious to push down the price of a stock that wouldn't be going down otherwise, you have the exact same thing going on on the other side, probably even more so because you have all of these bad actors, including the Federal Reserve, pumping trillions of dollars, giving it to bankers and saying, hey, buy more stocks, buy more stocks, you know, here's some free money. Yeah, now sure, there there could be short sellers that try and, you know, spread false rumors and manipulate markets in their favor. Absolutely. That could absolutely happen. But there there's uh, that shit goes on on the other side as well, by all of those other players on the buy side. And in my mind, to a larger extent. So I think this is sort of a misguided attack on short sellers, short sellers in general. Now, there's no love loss between me and these hedge funds or anything. I think this is pretty fucking hilarious. And all of these hedge funds that they, you know, they got caught. They got caught making a bet. Their chin was out and they got knocked the fuck down. And that's part of it. I mean, that's how this game is played, or at least how it's supposed to be played, right? You, you make a bet. They, they knew the risks of short selling more so than all of these retail Robinhood investors who probably have no fucking idea, most of them, what they're doing. And 
I mean, to me, all all's fair in love and war, right? Like they they get what they fucking deserve. So I don't I'm not like shedding a tear or anything for all these hedge funds that some of them um uh, it looks like they're they might get they might have to go out of business. I know Citadel gave uh, they bailed out one of these other hedge funds, gave them a huge loan because they didn't want a lot of these hedge funds in order to cover the short posi- the the short positions that they had in GameStop and AMC theaters and uh, BlackBerry or whatever in order to cover those positions or or handle the margin calls that they were receiving they would have had to close out some of the long positions that they had and sell everything that they were long on to get the money to buy back the the GameStop or the AMC or to post collateral on the margin for um for their brokers so that would have caused um i mean if that happens it still could um that that could cause like huge um huge downward moves in the market and all of these um in companies that they're invested in in the long haul so this could really turn into some sort of downward spiral thing here if these um these guys are successful in their short squeeze and i mean i'm i'm sure they squeezed out a hell of a lot of people going from going from, you know, $20 a share to almost $500 a share in a matter of days. That is one hell of a short squeeze. Now, the other thing to remember is that these short squeezes, they happen all the time. And these fucking hedge funds do it all the time. I mean, they do this shit left and right. It's just that they're not used to getting bullied around by the little guy. Usually it's the hedge funds that are swinging their big dick around, right? And they're um they're not used to taking these kinds of losses they're not used to taking it on the chin from the likes of a bunch of amateur retail traders so that that is sort of the dynamic that's going on here but anyway it's still a very interesting development right to see uh people organizing online you know i don't know how much of this price action is due actually due to like these millennial robin hood traders and the the guys on Reddit and how much is due to like the these the uh, the big money that I think is taking the other side of this trade. Like not every hedge fund was short these things, and they get to um, sort of take advantage of all these Robin Hood guys and the Reddit guys and kind of front run that trade like this. Like a guy I just talked about, I forget his name, but who knows how much of the institutional money was responsible for these big moves? And they're going to be the ones that are smart enough to get out when the stock hit $380, $480. And as of the recording of this podcast, let's see where the price is here. It's back up to about $247 a share. But it, I saw it get all the way down to 113 today. Like it was down massive amounts at the open. And part of that is because the... Uh, the, the reaction of Robinhood and TD Ameritrade and some of these trading platforms was to halt trading. And I, I want to get into that because that this is fucking why everybody's so upset, right? Because there seems to be two different sets of rules, right? When the, the hedge fund guys, they make a bet and they, they win big, they collect all the profits, right? And when they make a bet and it goes bad, like, you know, 2008, or pre-coronavirus, they get fuck and they get their fucking clocks cleaned. They get bailed out by the fucking Fed, by the government, by all these pussy politicians. And when they make a bet and it goes bad with these short sellers, um, and there's there's no bailout for them, but they they still get special treatment from these platforms. Like TD Ameritrade, I think, was the first one to halt the trading. So um, not, not all trading. You just couldn't buy GameStop anymore or AMC anymore. You could sell it, but you can't buy it. And that gives these hedge funds time, right, to... Um, to get some fucking, to borrow some money, to get some fucking, uh, to get out of some of their long positions, which is why you're seeing the the overall market down the last couple of days. And all of these hedge funds were also long the same, you know, the FANG stocks, Facebook, Apple, Netflix, Google, all that shit. They're all 
uh, there's like a handful of stocks that everybody's invested in, right? And that's driving the basically the entire market higher. Now, it gave them time to get out of those positions, to get the money to post uh, on their margin calls so that they could stay into the in these short positions long enough to ride out this short squeeze. And and that's fucking bullshit. Like I'm sorry. This is there. There's two sets of rules, right? And they all. It's always like a heads I win, tails you lose kind of thing for the institutional money. And it's always like, hey, you know, uh, tough shit. <laughs> These were the the rules of the game. Uh, you know, it sucks that you lost money, retail investors. But you know, you should have you should have known better, kind of thing. So I do sympathize with their sentiment there. It is absolutely fucking ridiculous that they can halt one side of the trade and and just leave the other one there. So that's why you saw a huge fucking drop in all of these stocks. Some of them were down more than 60% today because you couldn't buy them on most of these platforms. You could only sell them. And so everybody fucking sold them. And and that gave the hedge funds, at, at a minimum, it let them cover their short positions at a much lower price. But it also might, they might be able to ride out this short squeeze long enough to actually um, take advantage of the trade. All right, let's take a quick break and thank one of our other sponsors for today's show, and that is Photo IQ. Guys, you know I've been talking about them for a while, and I've also been talking about building your human capital, investing in yourselves, learning new skills. And I know all of you guys think you take good pictures. Listen, you don't. I've seen your pictures, okay? They, most of them suck, right? Um, some of us have a, a natural born ability, that, that good eye for photography. I'm one of those people, but even I don't know how to take really good pictures. I, I know what makes a good picture. I don't necessarily know how to execute all the time. And that's where Photo IQ comes in. They're going to give you one of the most advanced online photography courses of its kind, like nothing you've ever taken before. They will help you build an uh, uh, an online portfolio. They'll give you feedback on, on all of your um, all the pictures that you take and everything like that. It's going to be more in depth than just about any anything you take up to the college level uh, advanced photography courses. And it's going to be far less cheaper. You don't have to take out any student loans or anything like that. You just got to go to photo iq.co and use my promo code fiction you will get 20% off the order so any classes that you order for this guy right now he's giving you 20% off he doubled the discount for 2021 don't miss out on this I don't know how long the 20% is going to last so go and get it now you don't have to take the classes now you can take them whenever you want there's no time restriction on this or anything like that you can take it at your own pace whenever you have time and he'll give you a money-back guarantee. So you really have nothing to lose. Go to photoiq.co and use promo code FICTION so they know I sent you, and you'll get 20% off your order. All right, let's get back into the show. So, you know, it's definitely fucking rigged. The whole thing is rigged. And uh, we all should know that going in. Um the next shoe to drop is going to be when all of these hedge funds start lobbying Congress, lobbying politicians to make sure something like this can't happen to them again. Because, um, God, was it Melvin? Melvin Capital, I think, was the one that, that got really fucking raped here. And they had to actually cover their short. They covered it at like 300 or something. So they got fucking raped. Um, they're going to make sure that um, they put some sort of rules in place here where they, they stop this from happening in the future. Like that, that's guaranteed. I even saw, I think Nancy Pelosi came out and said they're going to look into it, you know. So that's, that's the next shoe to drop here. If you thought the market was rigged before this whole fiasco, wait until you see what they come up with. What uh, when the when the big money starts throwing it around Washington and peddling their influence throughout D.C. to get them to change the rules or tilt the rules even further in their favor, and uh, man, it's uh, I, I I get the sentiment and I don't mind trying to teach them a lesson here, but this is also just complete fucking insanity. I, I'm sorry. Um, Imagine, like, just replace GameStop with Blockbuster and imagine that um, a, a brick and mortar 
shop that's like in strip malls and stuff like that that sells physical video games that nobody actually needs to go to the store and buy anymore you can all you can always just download them onto your platforms imagine if their stock went from $20 a share to 300 and fucking 60 340 dollars a share in two days this is the kind of stuff when you start seeing robin hood investors millennials people that have have know nothing about the markets know nothing about companies balance sheets profit and loss you know uh, price to earnings ratio anything like that getting involved in the markets and we're seeing all of these um all of these young people i i see this a lot when i I review people's uh, portfolios. Like they got, you know, they they have these Robinhood traders, and they're, they're buying like two shares of this, two shares of that, and now they're piling into these um, these like pump and dump schemes. This is the this is usually a telltale sign of the top of the market. This is like um, at the dot com bubble where you're getting stock tips from your cab driver. This is to me the equivalent of that. When guys in online chat rooms on Reddit and everything are telling you which stocks to buy and which stocks to sell and, and, and things like that. So um, I would be very wary of getting involved in any of this. I do know some people like there's a guy in um, my currency trading group that you know we meet once a week. It's sort of like a mastermind group. I think I've, I know I've talked about this before, but he just happened to have like $500 in GameStop before this whole thing happened. Now, I don't know why he had $500 in GameStop, but he did. And he made like fucking 40 grand yesterday. I don't even think he has to pay short-term capital gains on that because he had it in GameStop for so long, which, I mean, that's good for him. That's awesome. Like, he did the right thing. Like, you got to cash out. Anybody that didn't cash out yesterday on this enormous fucking move up, uh, you, you could get left holding the bag here or trying to if you're trying to get in now you could be you know what they say catching a falling knife this i don't know if they're going to be able to pump this all the way back up especially now that the the platforms are halting trading now they do halt trading on like the exchange on the entire exchange that happens like on uh say like the the Dow Jones or the S&P 500 or something, if there's a ton of volatility, they will halt trading. But they halt it across the entire platform. They don't just pick and choose certain stocks and halt um, one side of the trade like that. That's absolutely fucking ridiculous. And it should be I, I, there. There should be some sort of repercussions for this. I know Robinhood's already being sued by at least one person. And, and yeah, I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous in my opinion i mean even even halting like all trading to me is like oh okay um that's a little fucking shady there right because the second things um get a little too crazy for some of these brokerage firms or anything like that they just halt the exchanges and and, until things settle down like that's kind of bullshit in my opinion you know you you live by the sword you die by the sword as far as i'm concerned but to do what they did here where they're just halting trading in one uh, or like a handful of stocks and it's just the buy side. You could still sell it. Man, that is fucking bullshit. So at least in the initial shorting of these companies, of these stocks, there wasn't really anything nefarious going on as, as far as I can tell. Now, maybe I, I'm missing something, but it just looked like they were they were placing huge bets. And I know they shorted. I think they actually ended up shorting more shares than were actually available. And I, I don't want to get into how that's actually possible, but so they got they got really greedy basically, and that's the the whole idea of a, a free market is that you have a constant tug of war between like greed and fear, right? So um, the reason greed cannot run out of control in a truly free, unmanipulated market is because of the fear factor. The fear that you could go fucking bankrupt, that you could lose billions of dollars. Now, when you take that fear away, like they did pre-2008 uh, with uh, the housing bubble, and you had the, the government-sponsored enterprises buying up all of these bad mortgage-backed securities, no matter what, and um, 
you know, so it didn't matter who the, you know, how credit worthy the, the borrower was, the bank was willing to make the mortgage loan because they knew that they could sell that mortgage eventually to a government sponsored entity. So that took away the fear of, of the loan going bad, of the bank losing money. Well, when you take away the fear of the, you know, the, the hedge fund losing the bet, you know, if they know they're going to get a bailout of some sort. And then they tend to act more recklessly. And they acted very recklessly here. They were definitely overexposed. They, the, the short positions they had on these things were, were way too big. And so they, you know, they got punished for that. that that's the way the market should work. Now, it, it took a, a group of organizers to sort of get this thing going. And then it, you had to have um, some big names out there like Elon Musk to sort of twist the knife once, the, once they started going. And it's no secret that Elon Musk Musk hates short sellers because they were always trying to drive the price of Tesla down. It's not like it's not necessarily that they're trying to drive it down. It's like, oh, I don't like this company. I want to drive the price down. It's just that they think the price is going to go down. And so they make a bet. They make a bet so that they can try to make money when the price actually goes down. And in this case, a bunch of Reddit raiders made sure that the, the price didn't go down, that it went up. And at least one uh, hedge fund has gone bankrupt. There might be more to follow. I don't know how long they can keep this going. But yeah, I don't know. Most of the nefarious shit came in after they realized what was happening. After they realized that there was an organized short squeeze going on against them. And that it was a bunch of, you know, uh, amateur traders or whatever. Then that's when the, the all the fucking shady shit started taking place. You know, they... I'm sure they they got on the horn and they had the platforms halt trading and and change all the rules to to you know stop the bleeding and everything like that. So it, it is a very very interesting situation developing right here. There's there's more stocks uh, that these these guys are targeting now. Like they initially just went after like the most heavily shorted stocks. There was a handful of stocks that had like the most short positions. Now you know there was talk today, last night, and this morning that they were going to go after silver stocks, which I would be nicely positioned for. Some of the you know, one of the big silver stocks, AG, was up like 40% pre-market trading, and it was as high as like 35 or something when the market opened. It's been, they've been beaten back down, but let's see where they're at. Yeah, they were up like, uh, you know, 15, 20% or something like that. Some of the ones I own are up like 13% today, but they're still not even at the highs of where they were a few days ago. So, but the reason for that is like the silver, the the metal markets, gold and silver are heavily fucking manipulated by by the big banks and like the Federal Reserve and everything like that because they don't want people to know how how much value they're losing in their money and so these silver stocks in particular the reason I own some of them is not only do I believe in um you know precious metals I've I've always been sort of like a hard money kind of guy but they've just been severely undervalued. You know, like the, the price of silver was at like halfway to its all-time highs. And some of these stocks were like at all-time lows. Like you could have bought them for like $2 a share or something when silver was at like $25 an ounce. So um, they, they were severely undervalued. And I, I hope they do go after these because I could I could make a bundle on that. But anyway... Hopefully that sort of gives you a rundown of what's been going on. I know Twitter's just been fucking going crazy with this. There's a lot of a lot of people that are very upset that they're because they're, they're seeing they're seeing how the fucking plebs get treated by the uh, the whole Wall Street government big tech conglomerate leviathan thing that's going on right you know they always make a distinction between wall street and main street but i mean who do you think puts all these politicians in office and who do you think has their fucking ear and you know it's it's why do you think the, these politicians get to go to go to places and and give a speech for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars? I mean, it's because they have fucking wall street's back if they want those checks to keep coming if they want their fundraisers to keep having, uh, you know, lots of money coming in, they got to keep the, the the party going for Wall Street. And who who knows what kind of regulations are coming down the pike here now? This is anything. <laughs> the, the the lesson I guess here is, or at least one of the lessons, is that this is not. We do not have a free market. This is not capitalism. This is like the worst of both worlds, like the crony capitalism when you get a 
I guess you could call it collusion between the companies, big banks on Wall Street and the government who controls the purse strings and the Federal Reserve, the banker's bank who gets to create money out of thin air. This is this is what happens. OK, uh, greed takes over. They they get to rig this the system against the little guy. Yeah, there's I mean, th- this is an interesting tactic. I like the idea of fighting back against th- this kind of shit. And anybody that's still on one of these trading platforms like Robinhood after they pull this stunt on you guys. I mean, Robinhood has been fraught with really shady activity since inception. Like one of the the big knocks on them, which is kind of funny given uh, this scenario, is that they were selling traders data. Like uh, all these retail traders, every all these like millennial kids and everything that are, are buying and selling and stuff like that, they're they're selling their trade datas to hedge funds before you know they actually execute the trade for the retail investor. They'll they'll let the hedge funds know, hey, you know, we got a lot of volume for the X, Y, and Z stock, and then the hedge funds can fucking front run those trades. And, you know, the retail investor ends up paying more for the stock than they actually would have. And the hedge fund gets the cash out. They were doing that kind of shit. There, there, there's all sorts of, of stories on this that you can read about that Robin Hood's been up to no good since inception. And now and now you're getting. Uh, so, I mean, I don't really feel too bad either for uh, some of these retail investors like you. You should have known that Robin Hood was a fucking shady ass company and that they were going to fuck you over because they already have. They have been since day one. They've halted trading before. Not necessarily like this, but um, just the whole site would go down when there was like a lot of volatility in the market that that there was like some nefarious stuff going on there. So, I mean. There's there's plenty of blame to go around here in my mind, but it really is fucking ridiculous. The just how how shameless they all are in their their treatment of of the two different um, classes of people, and it it just like there's so much shameless behavior going on in Washington and and on Wall Street. I mean, I went over the the Washington stuff on the last one. Now that now you have this shit going on. I mean, it is uh you know, it it, it really is just uh we are kind of up against it as regular everyday Americans and it it all goes back to libertarian principles. I mean, if you don't have a fucking gigantic government that can create money out of thin air whenever it needs it and can give it can bail out these banks can bail out these fucking uh, investment banks and everything like that and create these scenarios where greed can go fucking crazy you, you don't have the these types of problems you don't have a market that's being manipulated like this it, it all stems from government and from the the Fed, which is an extension of the government. Now they pretend to be independent, but that's all bullshit. We all know that's bullshit, and that's why I think my biggest cause as a libertarian is end the Fed. I mean, that's it. You end the Fed. You end everything that the fucking government is doing that they shouldn't be doing. I know a lot of libertarians like uh, think that being anti-war is the is the most important position, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. But how do you stop the the war machine? You cut it off at the fucking at the at the funds at where the funds are coming from. You end the Fed; they can't fight endless wars anymore. All of a sudden, they have to raise taxes in order to fucking fight these pointless wars. Good luck with that when no none of the American people want these wars to be fought. You stay on a gold standard or something like that, even better. Then they can't fucking print money like it's going out of style and they actually have to have the gold to back it up. They can't fight these endless wars. You uh you have sound money, you end the Fed. They can't have these gigantic government programs. They can't have the bailouts. They can't do any of this stuff. So that's why uh, we should end the Fed. <laughs> that's the other big takeaway from this. You want a fucking real stock market. You want a market that doesn't fuck over retail investors, that uh, reflects the accurately reflects the economic conditions on the ground. End the Fed. You want to end the, the war machine, the welfare machine, the, the most gigantic government the world has ever seen. End the fucking Fed. It's... It's that simple, but it, obviously it's very difficult to actually do that. But anyway, I think I'm going to wrap there for today, guys. Have an 
excellent weekend. Um, have go out and have some fun. Join us tomorrow at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time for the inaugural happy hour. Go to peddlingfictionpodcast.com, click on the support the show link, and, and set up a monthly donation and, and get in on this. This is going to be a, a lot of fun. Well worth the price of admission, I think, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, so don't forget to do that. And if you're already involved in that or if you already have access to that from prior donations, don't forget to... Uh, you know, hop in on the call or whatever, the video call, and say hi and shoot the breeze with me. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you liked what you heard today and you enjoy the show in general, do me a favor, go on to iTunes and give me a five-star rating and review. I think that's one of the ways that we can help grow this show. I want to see our numbers creep up. I want to see our numbers fucking shoot up like GameStop did. Uh, I want to go fucking parabolic this year. Uh, we're, we're not seeing that right now, so I'm going to need some some help from you guys. Give me a five-star rating and review. Share the show with somebody that you think is going to enjoy it. Follow me on Twitter at Pedal Fiction. And if you guys can do all that for me, I will be back next week with a brand new episode for you on Monday. Until then, you guys know the drill. Just keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.